you to turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11 this morning within God's Word. I'm in a rush when it comes to the preaching here this morning. Amen. I know what time it is, and it doesn't mean a thing. No, it does. I want to be sensitive to your time. Two weeks, two weeks from today, right after the service, don't go to McDonald's. Don't go to Boston Market. We're going to feed you a meal, a hot, catered meal that'll be more meal. <laughs> One already have a spiritual experience up there in the book. More meal, I'll tell you, than you'll ever have at some restaurant. It'll be a catered meal right after the service, two weeks from today. We want to share with you the updates on our brand new facilities. Hopefully we can take a tour and it'll be safe enough. We'll take a tour, answer your questions, give you the financial updates on phase four, our new construction, share with you some of our mountains, but especially share with you our victories for the glory of God. Amen. Well, next, uh, last week, Monday night, uh, I, I ran to uh, Penny's at Lakeside Mall, and uh, after three years of wearing the same shoes uh, to work, I bought myself new shoes. Ooh, say wow. Say it backwards. Yeah, and when I came home at 8.30 from the mall, Becky said, I wish I, I, I knew that you had gone. I said, why? She says, I don't like my new vacuum cleaner. I want to take it back to Sears. So she said, Sears, my heart dropped. I said, uh, I better look up the receipt. And as I went looking up the receipt, uh, I said to her, I said, when did we buy that? She says, oh, I, I just know we got plenty of time. I said, I hope you're sure because I remember, I remember Don Waggy's husband, Tim. He bought a pair of brand new shoes. He never wore those new shoes. He tried taking them back to Sears and he was one day late. You have 30 days to return and he was just Buy one and never wore the shoes. And they wouldn't take them back. I went and grabbed the receipt out of the file. And the receipt uh, said December 29th. Last week, Monday night at 8.30. It was January 29th. But, but, December had 31 days in it. Count it out. It's way more than 30 days. But I quick wrestled with that canister. I wrestled with that that wand thing. I didn't even put it in the box. I threw it all in the car. I'm driving down Shaner on the icy, snowy roads the whole way. I, I, I am praying, I, Lord, I'm your child. Lord, you said I'm the head and I'm not the tail. God, you said that I would, would lend and I would not have to borrow. Lord, you said that you would fulfill the desires of my heart. Oh, God, Becky paid $300 for this, dear Jesus. Lord, I pray, somehow make a way and uh, drove down there, uh, raced through uh, uh, Sears department store and went to the back where the vacuum cleaners were. You know, now it's 845 and, and, and I'm in a panic and, uh, and I couldn't find the vacuum cleaner department. They moved it. 
in the last couple of weeks. The front of the store. I come to the front, no salespeople. Finally found a refrigerator guy and he says, well, you don't return it here. You go on down to automotive. Well, that makes sense. And so got back in the car, drove down to automotive area, went there to uh, delivery, and no person there at all. They got a computer, they got a screen. You scan your receipt. How many have done this? You know what I'm talking about. You scan your receipt, and then it pops up. You will be served in five minutes by so-and-so. I looked up at that screen, and I said, I know that name. I know who that man is. He needs to get back to God. He needs to come back to church. I know him. And and I and I started saying, this is a God thing. He didn't come out. A girl came out. I said, I'm so-and-so's pastor. He needs to get back in church. I'm his shepherd. She said, come on back in the back in the warehouse. And we'll track him down. And I, I said, Jake, uh, here you are. You need to get back in church. Your pastor is here hunting you down. And he's, oh, no, no, no. I know, no, no, no. You need to get back in church. And she said, give me your receipt. And she says, what's the date on your receipt? I said, the date is December 29th. She said, do you want that cash or credit? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Faith. Mountain-moving faith. Breakthrough believing. There is no greater passage on breakthrough believing than in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. Circle those four words. They're key this morning. Jesus said, truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea, and doesn't doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you've received it, and it will be yours. Mountains come in all shapes, sizes. Mountains can come in depression mountains, financial difficulty, problems, marital mountains. Mountains. It's not God's will for us to be kept from His best in our lives. It's not God's will for you to live in the shadow of your mountain. It's not God's will for you to live in fear of your mountain. It's not God's will for you to say, it'll never happen, it happens for others, but it'll never happen in my life to cozy up to your mountain. But breakthrough is God's will for us. Mountain moving is God's will for us. For this month, we're going to focus on this passage in Mark 11, 22 through 24. We're going to dissect it, bisect it, take it piece by piece. Because for me, it is the most dynamic faith message that Jesus ever gave us. This morning, I want to focus just on four words. Have faith in God. What does it all add up to? Breakthrough believing. Breakthrough believing. If you want to follow along with me this morning, write this down if you would, or etch it in your mental notepad or in your spirit. Here in Mark eleven twenty two, it's vital to realize that Jesus is revealing a special kind of faith. Breakthrough believing. Before we explain what breakthrough believing is, let's explain what it's not. 
Breakthrough believing is not the common faith that everyone exercises. Everyone, everyone puts faith in things, abilities, education, people, and themselves. How many of you will go out to your car right now and, and you'll sit there before you put the key in the ignition or you push the button and you say, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if it's going to start. No, you immediately start the car. You, you, you don't doubt it one, one iota. How many of you are going to go to the restaurant right now and send it out to the laboratory? I'm talking about your food before you partake and eat of it, worried about poison or some illness or some virus being in it. How many of you will drive through the intersection You'll drive through the green light and you'll drive at five miles an hour looking to your right and your left uh, worried that there might be a teenager on their uh, 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 smartphone texting somebody and distracted and go through the red light. How many of you are going to get in your next airplane flight and say, uh, pilot, 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 uh, we need to sit down and have an interview here. I have some questions I want to ask about your abilities, your credentials. No! We go to the restaurant, we eat the food, we start the car without a moment's thought. Uh, we drive through the green light, you go, going 50, 60 miles an hour, neither looking to the right or left. We get on the plane, we don't even know who the pilot is. We put our money in the bank, we don't worry about somebody stealing it. We trust, we put our faith in the bank. My point is, we, including the world, including the non-Christian, we exercise faith all the time. This is not breakthrough believing. Almost everybody in America believes in God. In fact, not just most people, not just the majority of people, but according to James chapter 2, verse 19, you believe that there's one God good, even the demons believe that. This is not breakthrough believing. Saving faith when you come to Jesus Christ is not breakthrough believing. The breakthrough believing that I'm talking about is miracle faith. It is mountain moving faith. It is breakthrough faith. You see, the Bible says that the Greek word translated faith here in Mark eleven twenty two. The Greek word here is pistis, uh, a firm persuasion. It's an unshakable confidence. It is a rock solid. Here I stand. I shall not be moved. God confidence. Since anyone can demonstrate faith. I want you to note that Mark eleven twenty two does not say have faith. I want you to note that Mark eleven twenty two Jesus here says have faith in God. There's the difference. That's what makes it breakthrough believing. Have faith in God. When you have anchored your faith in God. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. By faith in God, Noah built an ark in his driveway for 120 years. And they said he was crazy. Noah loaded that ark with animals and they said he was crazy. Noah threw his luggage and put his family in that ark and had the cruise of cruises. And they said he was crazy until the floods came. And who was crazy? 
By faith in God, Moses, when Pharaoh's army was attacking from the front and the Red Sea was behind, he told those Israelites who were complaining and whining and moaning, those Israelites who said, we can't swim. We haven't had a bath in more than 40 years and we're not going to have one now. He told them, stand still. And see the salvation of our God. And what did God do? (laughs) He made the improbable. He made the impossible possible. He made a way where there seemed to be no way. And when Pharaoh's army tried to travel the same way through the Red Sea, what happened? God drowned them quicker than you can say Drano. And Israel saw all our problems go down the drain. By faith in God, Jericho's walls came crashing down. By faith in God, David saw giant Goliath come crashing down. By faith in God, Abraham, when he was a 100 years old and his wife was 90 years old and they had one foot in the grave, uh, by faith in God, Abraham was able to say, Honey, turn off the TV. I just went to a lakeside prayer meeting and God has told me we're going to have a baby. And that night, God cranked Abraham's dead battery and sparks flew from Dan to Beersheba from a womb that was twice dead came the promised son Isaac the son of promise and a, and a nation of Israel was birthed and born because of faith faith in God throughout Bible history throughout church history faith in God has made the difference not just faith faith in God Breakthrough believing, write it down, is not so much about the size of our faith, but the nature of our faith. You might be confronting challenges in your health this morning, in your finances this morning, in your children this morning, in your marriage this morning, in your dreams this morning. Your problems might seem huge in comparison to your tiny faith. But it's not so much about the size of your faith as the size of your God. And I'm here this morning to tell you, your God ain't got any smaller. He's the big God, the omnipotent, omniscient, uh, hallelujah, omnipresent, infinite God. Jesus said in Matthew 17, I tell you the truth. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. Why did Jesus... Compare our faith to a mustard seed. Why? Because of it being tiny? No. Jesus could have said, even if your faith is the size of a grain of sand, even if your faith is the size of a speck of dust, but He chose a mustard seed. Not only is a mustard seed small, a mustard seed has, in fact, it's loaded with potential. Explosive potential. You take that mustard seed and plant it and something's going to happen. You plant that grain of sand and it's sterile. It's barren. Uh, Nothing will happen. Plant the seed and and nurture it, water it, fertilize it, weed around it, and it'll grow into a tree-like plant big enough for birds to nest in it. Breakthrough believing. Get a hold of this. 
is not an emotional experience. Breakthrough believing is the result of a daily living relationship with a living God. It's walking and talking with our God who will not and cannot fail you. There it is. I'm talking, I'm talking about God confidence. I'm talking about breakthrough believing. Like seed, breakthrough believing is miraculous. It's loaded with unlimited potential. How much potential is in an acorn? Huh? How much potential? Well, of course you gotta plant it. You gotta nurture it. You gotta water it. But there is so much potential in that teeny tiny acorn that it represents a forest of oak trees. It represents houses. It represents fuel. It represents mighty ships. It has unlimited potential when you plant it. When you plant your faith. Even if it's teeny tiny faith in your great God, (laughs) hallelujah, even if it's so teeny tiny, you say, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know how it's going to come out. Uh, Lord, I don't understand this, but I trust you. My faith is anchored in you. When you do that, when the doctor calls and says the tests are negative, your point and your part is to have faith in God. Uh, uh, When your employer informs you, don't worry about taking off your coat. Your services are no longer needed. Your part is have faith in God. When your marriage is going down the tubes and it seems easier to walk out than work it out, have faith in God. God and believe for restoration when even the forces of hell press in, gripping you with depression, defeat, and despair. Take your stand. Have faith in God. Declare Let God arise and His enemies be scattered. And I'm going to move in victory with Him. And even when you close the lid, as many have done recently on the coffin, on the one you've loved And known the best. For the one who puts their faith in God. It is not goodbye. But it's I'll see you in the morning. I'll see you in the morning. Oh, mark it down. Breakthrough believing is focusing on God. And not your circumstances. How many of you are focusing on the size of your mountain? You've analyzed the data. You've done the projections. You're meditating on charts. You're uh, meditating and focusing on budgets. You're dissecting data. You're wondering how your kids are going to be able to go to college. You're wondering how you're going to be able to retire uh, uh, even at age 93. Uh, You're worrying if you're even going to be able to pay the bills this month. Because you've been reading the budgets. You've been analyzing the projections. You've been dissecting the data. You've been extrapolating all of the information that is at your disposal. Or when it comes to your health. 
Uh, are you reading the medical report for the 1200th time? Are you overanalyzing every word from pathology from your doctor? Uh, are you spending hours Googling the disease that, that you have been diagnosed with and you're reading about everybody that has died from it? Budgets, plans, medical reports, they're good. But they're not the best. I'm not telling you to put your head in the sand and walk in denial. Real faith does not deny reality. But real faith (laughs) subscribes to a far greater truth. Have faith in God. When every circumstance, every report, every expert will say it's impossible, it'll never happen. If you focus only on their report, if you focus only on negative circumstances, that'll open the door for discouragement, despair, and defeat. And it will keep you from God's best. It will short-circuit anything God wants to do in and through your life. Remember, it takes the same amount of energy to worry about something to be fearful about something happening to lapse into despair and defeatism it takes that same amount of energy to do those negative responses as it is To anchor your faith in God and take your stand and say, I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that He is able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine, ask or think. Jesus was on His way to heal the sick daughter of the ruler of the synagogue, the lay leader of the synagogue. His name was Jairus. Jesus was on his way to heal this man's little girl. And then the worst report that any parent could ever receive came to the ears of Jesus and this father in Mark 5, 35. Here's the report. Uh, Here are the projections. Here is uh, the medical diagnosis. Your daughter's dead. Your daughter's dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word or heard the report that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, Do not be afraid. Only believe. Do not be afraid. Only believe. All the power of God omnipotent, is resident in the man Christ Jesus. Amen or no man? (laughs) Amen. All the power of God is in Jesus. But he could do nothing. He could do nothing if there's no faith. So he turns to Jairus and says, Don't doubt. Don't be afraid. Don't open that door. Only believe. Don't tie up my hands. Don't short circuit what I want to do for you. Uh, yes, the report is, is true. Your daughter's dead. But don't be afraid. Only believe. And you know the end of the story. Jesus raised her from the dead. 
The key to breakthrough believing is stop focusing on your circumstances and start focusing, start focusing on who your God is. Amen. Breakthrough believing focuses on God, not the circumstances. Listen, when the circumstances seemed improbable, impossible to Abraham and Sarah who had one foot in the grave. They were so old, assisted care wouldn't even take them in. And when it seemed so impossible that God would keep His promise, God came down and said this to them person to person. Genesis 18, God said, Is anything too hard for me? Is anything too hard for me? Now the Bible says in Hebrews 11 that Abraham and Sarah walked by faith, walked by faith, but Abraham and Sarah, like you and I, they lapsed in, they struggled with, they grappled with doubt time and again. And so God had to come down in person, face to face. Read it in Genesis 18. God came down face to face, eye to eye in the pre-incarnate form of Jesus Christ and looked Abraham in the eye like he wants to look many of you in the eye this morning and say, is anything too difficult for me? Is anything too hard for me? I'm here this morning. There might be few in number of the Lakeside family, but I'm here this morning. Have faith in me. My arm is not short that it cannot reach. My ear is not so heavy that it cannot hear. Is anything too difficult for me? I am touching you right now. I am healing you right now. Receive my touch. Receive my power. Receive my love. Is anything too difficult for me? Breakthrough believing is faith in the one who spoke existence out of non-existent. Who spoke the stars, the galaxy, the universe into place. Who fed his people with manna from the skies and water from the rock. Breakthrough believing is faith in the one who shut the mouths of lions and made it cool in the fiery furnace. Who vanquished invading armies. Who turned the water into wine. Who took fire loaves and fed 5,000 who caused the lame to walk the blind to see who raised the dead to newness of life and cast out demons with just a word when you put your faith in God realize who you're putting your faith in God confidence in hallelujah hallelujah he is our creator who is our shelter in the time of storm. He is El Shaddai, the Almighty God. He is the great I Am, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. You might say this morning, Pastor, I'm sick. He says, I'm your healer. You might say, I'm struggling. He says, I'm your provider. You might say, but I'm fearful. He says, I'm your Prince of Peace. And I still speak peace. Be still to the storm. You might be saying, but I need a break. Uh, He says, I am your favor and I proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Breakthrough year. You might say, but I'm a sinner. He says, I'm your Savior. I'm your Savior. I'm your all in all. Come to me. Have faith in God. 
Romans chapter 4 is one of the most powerful passages in the Bible. What happened to Abraham and Sarah? It shall happen to you. It cannot be otherwise. Your pastor's praying for you this morning. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about 100 years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead, and so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger, and in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever He promises. Hallelujah! Have faith in God! It's a growing faith. It happened to Abraham and Sarah. It'll happen to you. Your circumstances might look as barren, sterile, and dead as Sarah's womb. (laughs) But where there's breakthrough believing, when it comes in, you and I can declare our God is able. Hallelujah. I'm not going to focus on my financial reports. I'm not going to dwell on my medical diagnosis. I'm not going to focus on my kids' grade reports from school. I'm going to stop focusing on my, on how big my problems are. And I'm going to dwell on how big my God is. And He's a big God, baby. <laughs> Amen. Breakthrough believing, it means coming into agreement with God's Word about your mountain problem or impossibility. Coming into agreement with what God says about your mountain. What God says about your circumstances. What God says about your need. In Luke chapter 5, we find something very interesting. Let me illustrate it by saying, Becky and I, we've got a cottage way up north, way up north in Lapeer. And we love having the praise team, those that I work with, I team with, up here on stage and are so faithful week in and week out. We, we love to bless them by inviting them up occasionally up there and at the end of the summer we had uh, the part of the team up there and the Woggies were there with their son Jordan and uh, we were in the back canal area of the lake the back canal area that I called the nursery because you only catch baby fish in the canal and we were back there and uh Jordan said, Pastor, would it be okay if I troll off your pontoon? I said, fine, but we're in the nursery. You're only going to catch, notice my confession, you're only going to catch baby fish. He hadn't been fishing five minutes. He hadn't been fishing five minutes. And this is what he caught. Okay, I wish this picture was a whole lot bigger for you. But you see the size of the fish compared to his body. It was the biggest, baddest fish, pike, I have ever seen caught out of that lake. Don't say never. You can take that off. In Luke 5, Jesus saw some men fishing at the Sea of Galilee. They were, had been out fishing all night. They were folding up their tents. They were packing it up. They were going home. And Jesus came out to them. 
And this is God's word for many of you this morning. Launch out into the deep. And you will catch a great number of fish. We can imagine those fishermen looking at Jesus and saying, Listen, Rabbi, you might know many things, but you don't know all things. We're professionals. We're fishermen. We know when the fish are biting and when they're not. We know where the fish are and we know where they are not. You don't know any of this at all. Who are you to tell us experts about fishing? We have gotten the latest fishing reports emailed to us. And nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing is biting. The reason that many of us don't experience the miraculous is because we know too much. We know all the reasons why we can't get better, why we can't have our breakthrough, why we can't get well, why we can't succeed, why we can't get out of debt, why we can't have a better marriage. Weeks ago, she's not here this morning, so I can talk. Weeks ago, I was saying goodbye, saying goodbye to people out the front door, and uh, I, I greeted one of the, the dear, fine ladies of the church, and I said, how you doing? Oh, I wish I hadn't opened up that door. She talked to me about her aches and her pains. She talked to me about her doctor's visits, her pills, her therapies. She talked to me about her diagnosis, about the new diseases, the new sicknesses the doctors believe that she has. She told me about the fact that uh, she probably doesn't have long to live. She's got one foot in the grave. And uh, after I was done talking to her and listening to her, I not only felt sick, I was about ready to plan my funeral. You know anybody like that? Huh? She had so overanalyzed her health problem, so overanalyzed uh, what the experts, the doctors, the reports said. It's no wonder, no wonder doubt had crept in and there's no faith. I'm not saying, once again, I'll say it again, that you should put your head in the sand and not read the reports, the projections, the graphs, the charts. I'm not saying that they have their place. But at some point, you have to say, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm not going to focus on that. I'm not going to fill my mind with more doubt and disbelief. Reminds me of the guy that was so discouraged and so despairing, he was going to commit suicide by jumping off of a bridge. And a guy caught up with him just before he was going to jump. And they're counseled with him for three hours. And the man poured out to the, the, the friend, uh, all of his despair, his discouragement, his disappointment, his defeatism, his depression, and then both men jumped. Have faith in God. The fisherman said, we fished all night. Rabbi, Jesus, it just ain't happening. Jesus basically told them, your report may say there's no fish out there. Your report may say that it won't be successful. Your report may say that you'll come back empty-handed. But you have to understand, I control the fish. I create the fish. That 
may have been last night. Uh, that may have been last week. Uh, you might not have caught anything last month or last year, but I'm saying they're there right now. Launch out, launch out, launch out. Luke chapter 5, verse 5, Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your... You need a circle. Take out your pen, your pencil right now. Real important. Circle the word word. At your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. How much fish? And their net was breaking. (laughs) How bad was it breaking? So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both the boats. And they were so full, they began to what? Sink. God doesn't just want to meet your need. He wants to over meet your need. He wants to pour on the favor. He wants to bring you into a flood tide of favor. What are you believing God for? Stop looking at the reports. Stop looking at your, your, your circumstances and consider your God. Have faith in God. You say, preacher, you're getting pretty excited. What else is there to get excited about? I get more excited about my God than I do about a football game. I'll tell you that right now. That's why you need to make God's Word your Word. His promises your promises. Instead of overanalyzing, you need to meditate on what God says about your situation. You need to focus on His promises about your need. Breakthrough believing is coming into agreement with what God says about our mountain of need. That's why you need to join me in having a never again list. Do you have a never again list? Do you have a never again list? If you don't have one, create one. My never again list says this. Never again will I confess depression for the joy of the Lord is my strength. Never again will I confess lack or poverty for my God shall supply all of my need. He has caused me to be the head and not the tail. Never again will I confess sickness for by His stripes I am healed and the prayer of faith will save the sick. Never again will I confess fear for the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? If God be for us, who can be against us? Never again will I express hopelessness over my desire uh, to meet the right person or to get married or to see a, a marriage miracle or to see my dreams fulfilled because you delight, the Bible says, you delight in Him who puts their hope in thee and you will fulfill the desires of His heart. Never again will I say I can't I'm going to move into agreement with God's word and say I can get a job I can have victory in my finances I can have restoration in my marriage I can walk with renewed health I can live in victory I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me hallelujah hallelujah Ultimately, write it down. Breakthrough believing 
is more than trusting God's promises. It's acting on them. It's acting on them. It's acting on them. It's not enough to believe. You gotta receive. It's not enough to receive. You gotta obey. If you believe it, if you receive it, if God says it, then obey it, and that settles it. Would you stand with me right now? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Breakthrough believing. Breakthrough believing. Are you facing a mountain? It's not a matter of if you face a mountain. It's a matter of when. I'm talking about breakthrough believing. Breakthrough believing. Breakthrough believing. I know there's mountains here this morning. One of the greatest mountains our church ever faced in a 36-hour period. One of our toddlers... One of our underage five preschoolers, not from the church, not from the church building, not from the Sunday school, not from our daycare. We have great security. But from their home, one of our preschoolers was kidnapped. And this church went to prayer. Wow, did we go to prayer. We expressed faith in God. We spoke against the mountain in the name of Jesus. In 36 hours, that child who had been kidnapped up here in Michigan, a police officer down in central Florida, by chance pulled over a car that was speeding and in the back seat was a little girl a little girl who was really a boy it was a boy who had been kidnapped who was dressed in hair arranged like a little girl. And the police officer just felt something, something amiss and kept probing, kept exploring in the situation, realized the child had been disguised and it all added up to this was the little one that had been kidnapped from Michigan down in Florida. You can't tell me God doesn't move mountains. You can't tell me breakthrough believing doesn't work. It was a miracle! And He's here this morning. Listen, the snow didn't keep God from showing up here this morning. The Super Bowl didn't keep God from showing up here this morning. Sickness didn't keep God from showing up here this morning. He's here. He's here. When that gets down into your spirit that He's here, mountain moving begins. I'm so tired about hearing about cancer. I had two calls on Friday of people coming down with cancer. I'm almost to the point that I'm dealing with more cancer in the body of Christ now than I did 30 years ago when I was young in the ministry.
I don't know what it is, but I know the reality of old Slewfoot who wars against the believers. But more than that, (laughs) I have faith in God. How about you? How about you? He's here this morning. And all you have to do is launch out into the deep and receive all that God has for you. Elders, come right now, if you would. Deacons, come right now. Pastors, amen. Spouses, come right now, if you would, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. This is your miracle moment. This is your miracle moment. In the name of Jesus, receive all that God has for you. Amen. How many, how many, how many are standing in the need of prayer? You're in the need of the miraculous. How many are standing and saying, uh, I'm ready to launch out and see my mountain moved in the name of Jesus. I have faith in God. We can't give you faith in God. You have to exercise that. Lift up your hand right now. How many are ready for a miracle? How many are ready to receive? Lift it up. If you're not ready to receive, then keep your hand down, please. Amen. How many are ready to receive a miracle? How many are ready to see their mountain move in the name of Jesus? Amen. Come right now. Come right now. Elders, you need to be standing on the first step. Amen. Come right now. Give these people room. Deacons, come on behind those that come down. Amen. Deacons, lay hands upon those that come on down. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. Sing it with us, Cindy. Amen. We're here to worship you.